Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Episode 7, Wonders Never Cease, is over, but we are just getting started here on Posture Recaps. I'm Marissa Garza, and joining me on this wonder that never ceases of a podcast is the man himself, Jason Reed. Jason, how are you? Marissa, I'm doing well. Glad to be here with you on this momentous occasion of uh, the Brooklyn Bridge being opened. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm happy I'm here. And you know... Our ride's almost over, uh, as we discovered uh, maybe an episode <laughs> earlier than we thought. Yeah. So, listeners, I know if you like, if you listened to the last episode, we were all like, "We've got like three episodes left, and it's going to be nine episodes and all this stuff." Yeah, we were. We were mm, either like we're in some sort of weird multiverse time loop situation, or we both weren't paying attention because there's legit eight episodes of this show. Marissa, for this I also- season. I'll tell you pre-show. I was like, if someone had put a gun to my head and asked me, <laughs> how many episodes of Guild Eighteen Season Two are there? I said, oh, that's easy. Nine. I would not be here to talk to you anymore. It'd be over <laughs> for me. I would have sworn it was nine. I I would have sworn I looked it up before. Like when you asked me to do the show, I was like, nine yeah. episodes, not bad. I would have sworn. Yeah. But I think HBO has some type of mind machine to make Something. us like, to change the the reality to change things next thing you know they're going to convince us that the idol was actually a good show um, <laughs> you know i, 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 I yeah i just have a feeling hbo has some type of mind altering machine that they're they're employing here to make us think things that we that we thought were true and they're actually not so yeah next se- next week is the finale i can't believe we're, we're actually this is actually the penultimate episode that we're talking about here. It? yeah uh, well, if you're looking for coverage, uh, before we get into this episode, if you're looking for coverage of the rest of the seven episodes, uh, you can find us at posherrecaps.com slash Gilded Age or slash HBO or in the main feed just at posherrecaps.com. Also, if you'd like ad-free versions of this podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash posherrecaps and join us there. You, like It's the same thing, but without ads. And if you're like me and play things at two times speed. It's a pretty nice, a pretty nice Marissa, place to be. I'm up, I'm up to 1.75 now. I oh, was at 1.5 wow. for the longest. Then I was like, I gotta, I gotta knock this thing up because I need, I need to get these podcasts. And I'm, I'm almost at 2x. I'm afraid to hit that 2x oh. button to see what it does. Uh, I, I'm at 1.75. Yeah. And I'm staying, I'm staying in the. It's like double dutch. You gotta get used to. It. You gotta get, you gotta catch the flow. And I'm like, okay, 
I can get, yeah. I can, I can stay the 1.75 for a minute. I just don't want those double dutches to speed up even more and I get caught up and I just, I can't keep what, keep it in my mind or I can't get it. Like, and my wife, like my wife heard my podcast, like she walked in, I was listening to a podcast. She's like, what is happening here? Because, you know, to, to, to a normie that listens to things at 1x, 1.75 just sounds like gibberish. So, you know, for these normies out here that do the 1x, uh, you have no idea. Like, if you're listening out there and you're at 1x, just, just for a second, like so it, it, it's it's weird but I, i'm i'm getting my way to 2x i'll get there eventually oh yeah no pressure but it, like it saves me so much time i'm just speeding through podcasts i'm not sure if i can like contain the information that i get from them That's but fair. i'm speeding through podcasts <laughs> Another place you can watch us also at two times speed, if you'd like, is YouTube, uh, where you can always check in to see where Jason is on his virtual backdrop today. Uh, he is at the B- Brooklyn Bridge, a little bit like in the modern times, but on the Brooklyn Bridge, yeah, still standing I'm nonetheless. Here's the opening, and I'm hearing um, hearing some, hearing some rumbling. Is that what you say? By, by a woman, <laughs> a woman. Oh no, uh, uh-uh. I'm not, I'm not saying no. No, I'm going home. I'm not setting foot on that thing. Not not doing it. A woman made it? Get out of here. A woman? A woman? A I'm woman so disappointed we didn't get... I really wanted to see her take a carriage with the chicken. I really did. Yeah. <laughs> as, we, as we talked about on uh, on a couple episodes ago. Yeah. What was like, it? Why did they bring the chicken again? It was like a sign of good, like, good luck and like good fortune. Oh, yeah. And so like she took it like under the cover of dawn or something to cross but before the big celebration oh yeah before the big celebration to get her to a clandestine celebration yeah. um are, are you surprised we didn't get any um anything on the bridge i was surprised we didn't actually go to the bridge we had so much talk about the bridge opening we never went to the bridge we were around the bridge we were yeah. on the other side of the bridge <laughs> yeah parties in the vicinity of the bridge where we didn't go we didn't set foot on the bridge that was weird to me. Not yet. Not yet. I have a feeling we might see Peggy on the bridge next episode as she's transversing between 61st Street and her parents' house because, you know, she's got to go. She's got to go visit some Mr. Fortune probably mm-hmm. at some point. Yes, she does. But we'll talk about all of that and more. Overall, Jason, what were your takes on this penultimate, surprisingly, penultimate episode <laughs> of The Gilded Age? Uh, you know, uh, you know, we mentioned it last week too, but this week, boy, they're they're just they're just packing these episodes full of stuff. We're getting res- we're getting resolutions of whole storylines that feel a little rushed. We'll, t- we'll talk about Mister Watson, the odds and ends. Yeah. I felt just like, oh, that's that's it, <laughs> it's over. Um, so it, it, it you know it almost feels like they were told they were getting nine episodes and had to wrap it up in eight. Uh, uh, maybe. I don't know. There were times while I was watching this episode where I actually had to stop and like, okay, so I first saw that there were eight episodes, started watching this episode, and then I was like in the middle of this episode and was like, did I click the right episode? Is this the <laughs> ultimate, uh, like the end episode or the penultimate episode? I don't know because there was like you're saying they were tying so much up and like usually like the ce- a celebration like the Brooklyn Bridge or something like that would be at the end of a season. So, I mean, the only thing on the, not the only thing on the board, but with no opera or resolution, there's not going to be a resolution to the season. 
yeah, something tells you everybody's spending a lot of time in the finale in an op- in uh, in multiple opera houses. Yes, I I would love to learn more about opera. Maybe I'll do that between this episode and the next. Like I don't know. I just know they sing in foreign languages, and there's like dramatic stories. So if you're listening and you're an opera person, uh, we'd love to hear your opera take on the season and how opera's been like represented. Because I have no idea. I'm just like, eh, opera. All I've ever heard about opera is that the kicker for my favorite team, the Baltimore Ravens, uh, also sings opera in his spare time. So, you know, in some games when they do like these like special interest piece pieces on on, one players, they featured him singing opera during one of the games, like one of the little cutaway pieces. Um, They, you know, went behind the scenes with uh, with my guy, Justin Tucker, the kicker for the Ravens and showed him singing opera. That's all I've ever really heard of opera. And of course, you know, the odds and ends and bits and pieces you hear in, in media. Yeah, I'd like to. I mean, maybe it's getting going to get a comeback. Will the Gilded Age save opera? Who knows? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we <laughs> opera might not need, need saving. We just don't know. We just don't know. That yeah, world. that's true. Maybe yeah, opera, maybe opera is thriving in the opera world. It probably know. is. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, I know we have storylines galore, but I was able to pull together a little bit of a quick plot recap. So we'll start there and see where the rest of it takes us. This is Wonders Never Cease. After the tense showdown in Pittsburgh, Mr. Russell returns home safe and sound and with a game plan to be back on top. The deal signed. Yeah, (laughs) The deal signed with the union is designed to pit tradesmen against craftsmen and fuel even more discord between them and the immigrants. Just when we thought he had a heart, George Russell reminds us all that there is no ethical way to become a billionaire. When things go well with Mr. Russell, they tend to go well for Mrs. Russell, too. And Mrs. Astor has shown up and uh, given Bertha a box at the Academy of Music. After all, this is what Bertha wanted from the start. But don't claim victory too soon, Mrs. Astor. Bertha's got big plans isn't giving up on the Met just yet. Good news in the Van Ryan household is Jack John John Jack has accepted the Watchmakers Assist has been accepted into the Watchmakers Association of the City of New York. This means his patent can go through. While time is on his side, time isn't on Luke Forte's side, as his cancer quickly progresses. After collapsing during Marion's engagement luncheon, he spends his last of days at Agnes's house while Ada stays by his side. It seems at least for Ada and Luke, it is better to have loved and lost than never loved at all. While all this is happening, New York is abuzz preparing for the opening of the Brooklyn Bridge. There are celebrations throughout the city to prepare for the largest fireworks display the world has ever seen. Peggy is watching with her friends and family from a roof in Brooklyn, and the who's who of Manhattan are at the Brooklyn's house for a party. After Mrs. Russell denies that box at the Academy, Mrs. Astor strikes back by bringing the Duke of Buckingham to meet President Arthur at this party. Larry also proves to be an apple off the Russell's tree as he recognizes the work of Emily Roebling in his toast. And if that wasn't enough, Oscar also tells Mom that he lost nearly all his money trying to ruin some Eden. There's so much to talk about. Jason, where do you want to start? Uh, let's let's talk about let's talk about our prediction uh, machine. Right? Let's talk about Oscar. Listen, yeah, yeah. I said I, I saw it coming. I saw it in my mind. I said Oscar to go go back to that office, and it's going to be nothing. You there. called that scene uh, like... exactly what happened. I was like, yes, yeah. I, I called that. I called that. Um, and 
I love the just downward spiral that Oscar right? went into in this episode. It was so just fascinating to watch and very well played by everyone involved. Um, I, you know, it was it was great. I loved it. He starts off like he's all like Mister. He's got strut confidence. He sees <laughs> Mister. Russell across the street. He's like, "Hey, I don't want there to be any hard feelings." And George is like, "Uh, you mean about Gladys? Because I haven't thought about that in like eight hundred years." And he's like, no, you know, about the railway. And I can't even remember the name of the company. It's like the Cal- something Pacifica Cal- or something Pacific. or other. Yeah. And George is like, I don't know. I've never heard of them. And that is like the start of everything. He rushes back. He goes to the building. Does No one's in the office. He goes to the house <laughs> that he Damn. was picking up Mrs. Beaton at or Miss Peaton at or whatever her name is. And she's nowhere to be seen boy uh, you, you know when you're dropping off and picking up women you got to make sure you watch them come in and out of that house okay that's important i, that's I can just like point. i imagine just her going up the steps and be like all right bye and he just he ro- rolls off in his carriage he's like oh, let me get back get get out of here and go to my wherever i wherever it is she stays and you know is when oscar is going to the office and he like talks to the security guard the security guard says i don't know what you're talking about i don't know who was here like so what kind of security guard are you that people were just able to slip in oh. here, make up a whole fake office? You think the security guard is on it, right? Uh huh. Yeah. yeah it was, or paid off. One yeah. Way, yeah. Yeah. It's like, 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 what are you talking about, man? You, I, I've never seen you before in my life. I've never seen anyone in this office ever, sir. No. And the, like the gaslighting when he's like, there was a sign on the wall, and then um. The security guard's like, I've never seen a sign. I don't know what's happening. There's never a sign here. There's never a sign there. I was like, oh my gosh. And well, okay, like, but let's think about it. The only time we actually saw Oscar at the house was when he picked her up that one time to go to, I think, the garden party where Marion got engaged to. So all the other times they met, at least from what we saw, I know he mentioned yeah. a couple times that he did that, but like they met there, they met at places, and then she was always like leaving early she was like mm-hmm. i have to go pack i have to go do this i have to go do that and i was like oh i see it now i wasn't yeah. seeing it then they i got you oscar, did oscar. Too. you did an oscar <laughs> um just i'm just every time you picked her up she was like waiting on a stoop for him like yeah, yeah. i'm just waiting for you here just i uh, came out of my house that i totally do live in that uh oh. that that's totally mine boy it was it was just delicious how this all became unraveled for oscar for yeah. from, for George to like to little boy him and as as I was like oh, so, sorry about your luck George I, I we kind of beat you out on that one you're like I don't know what you're talking about little boy like if, if there was a, a player in the railroad game I would know it and I'm not I'm telling you I've never heard of these people before and just for for because you know Oscar only did that to kind of like to kind of buck up to to George right. not, not as a friendly hello just like a, just a gloat in George's face and George's like nah like I don't know what the heck you're talking well, about but he's walking on cloud night because earlier either earlier in this episode yeah I think it is earlier in the episode at the luncheon for Marion he tells Aurora like hey I'm gonna propose to Miss Beaton mm-hmm. he's walking on cloud nine he sees George he's like I think I'm gonna like you know let him know I'm a sequel now or something like that. And mm-hmm. then it's just like, he falls so fast. He's like, George, we're, we're like contemporaries now. We're, we're, we're in the same, we're in the same class. Yeah. He's like, no, you're not. You're still a ragamuffin who will never <laughs> step foot next to my daughter. So be gone with you, little man. 
Yeah, and that's quite like a reversal from like the old money, new money. That is the situation where new money is telling old money, like you can't, Buzz off. you're nowhere, you're nowhere in my club. And then he rushes over after he finds out that uh, Miss Beaton didn't live in the house. He thought he runs over to see Aurora. <laughs> and Aurora also has to feel bamboozled by this because she was like, she made the introduction. She was, um, she was also really rooting for Oscar in the situation. Do you think she had any? I don't think she had any idea. Do let me find out. Let, let me find out. Aurora is an undercover bad lady. Let me find out that she's the one that said it's all emotion. She is the, the the mystery person behind the shadows, behind the behind this big enterprise. That's how the Fanes got all their money scamming scamming family members, <laughs> scamming the rich. I mean, it's got to be. That's, I, and that would give some credence to why Aurora and her husband are always just around and never right? <laughs> a really big part of anything. They're always just just here and there, and they never have any big story. That would be so fantastic to find out that Aurora is is the big boss lady of all these uh, these scam artists. But yeah, no, probably like... not. Probably not. But I can dream. A guy can dream, right? It's going into your fan fiction anthology. That's right. Yes. Uh, bottom. <laughs> bottom. What is it? Uh, bottom. Bossom. Bustle. The bustle, bustle? Like, the, yeah. the, yeah, bustle, the Buster sixty nine is my pen name, oh, and that's and that is going in my next fanfic. Look me up; it'll be out soon. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it would be uh, a bit odd if she was the mastermind between all of this. But also, you're right; like they are always everywhere, and also, but specifically, Mister Fane. I don't even know his name. That's how much he's like, but he's just like there. All the time, I was like, "Hey, yeah. can we throw a party? We'll throw a party for you. We'll do this thing." Like, and I'm what like, "What do you do?" <laughs> I feel like he's an NPC, and anytime he's like a Toy Story toy. Whenever we leave the room, he just falls, and he he never is involved in anything unless he's like unless we're on camera on him. I know that he was uh, involved in the uh, George Russell stuff right. from the first season, uh, but other than that, like, what what do you do, Mister Fane? What are you even good? Read the paper. Like every time I yeah. see him, he's like reading the paper. Okay, so then Oscar goes from Aurora's house and he goes back to visit his friend John Adams. What did you think of the scene? Uh, you know, I didn't expect to see John Adams again, um, mm. especially in this capacity. But uh, you know, it's, it's it's great that he's still just a shoulder for for Oscar to cry on, and he's still there for Oscar, even though Oscar, you know, kind of, you know, their, their relationship probably didn't end the best because you know John always felt hidden by Oscar, but he's he's still there to be to be a, a shoulder cry on i do wonder uh you know if that the crying session went any further later that night i don't know they'd really well, he's like not a dude like john has a has his own man well, well that's still going on they didn't mention it here that's, true. that's um true. so you know i don't i don't know i i, I thought it was a very nice little interaction i, I didn't expect it I, I, it was a welcome surprise i am glad that oscar ran to john adams and didn't run to a bar like because yeah. we had seen him like in some real bad shape at the beginning of the season, and I was mm-hmm. worried as he was running from the office to the house to Aurora's. I was like, "Oh no, are we going to have another situation?" I don't know if Agnes could handle like a death in her house and also Oscar being beat up again. She's going to have to deal with something a lot more. But yeah. um, you know, it was that would be I think a a bit much in terms of. Um, his storyline so i'm glad he was able to like reach out for a support system with john adams but then he's gotta go tell his mom 
Ooh, mama, I've got some bad news. Uh... Now, I, you know, we we talked about a little bit last episode. You know, I what you you called this one. I wasn't sure. Like, is is Agnes's money tied up with Oscar? Or does Oscar have his own type of wealth? I, we really have no idea what Oscar does. Like, like many people in this in, in yes. this show, like we don't know what you do to get your money. Uh, but it seems like Oscar is living off mom's teat, um, mm-hmm. and so that leads to uh apparently nearly all of the van ryan money being gone oh my gosh okay so like i'm just trying to put myself in agnes's shoes i am a widower widow i don't remember what it's called when the woman is alive and the man he's a widow she could also could be a widower i guess yeah so she's like okay so first of all she's a woman living off of her husband's her dead husband's money which is a very vulnerable place to be in in this society then but she's think like she's been managing it very very well very conservatively making sure she's like playing by all the rules so she doesn't have a you know a light on her she's making sure that she can just like live out her life in the society and the lifestyle that she's used to and continue yeah, it on. seems like it seems like it's also generational as well yeah, in a way. yeah yeah and she's able to support her sister living with her and bring on marion and a household and all this stuff so she's like pretty set and then in the middle before she finds out what oscar did ada's husband dies so she didn't have to support ada for what like five days i don't know how long they were married but they like she didn't have to support ada for a little bit of time ada is not going to get any money from mr forte's death like this is not are we sure about that I mean, that's a good I, that's, question. That's, that's, a that's, good one question. Of, that's one of my theories I have in the pin. We're going to talk about where the Van Rines go from here. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, yeah. That's the pin I'm putting in. So let's go back to that. But like from Agnes's perspective right now, she's going to be like, oh my God, my sister's husband just died. She's not going to have any money. Like if she's just thinking about how is she going to make it. And then Oscar comes, who could she has trusted to manage money and manage funds all the way up into this time and says, hey, P.S. by the way, uh nearly all of your money is gone and this is at a time where she doesn't really have a lot of social agency she doesn't have a job she doesn't have a way to regain those funds in any way and as oscar has said a number of times in this the storyline like there's no way to prove that this happened there's especially at this time in the united states there's no money tracking there's no secret service that's tracking money fraud or anything like that so you know that money is gone and i just oh how much much of it oscar how much (laughs) Nearly all of them. Nearly, nearly all. all. Well, I thought get that it, that get it back. <laughs> I can get it. I know. I love that she uh, was like, just well, go get it back. Yeah. Like, like someone stole it off of him on the street. Like, where is this bully? Let me go speak to them. Yes. So, um, given that, where do you think they go from here? I mean, listen. Is it possible that Mr. Forte? left a life of lap of, of lap of luxury to go, to go join the rectory and there's some money coming hit you know from his death who knows do you think he um, would have had enough time to make a document that says hey you should get that or like do they need would a it go document? Right to the or would it just go to the church yeah Ooh, that'd be interesting uh my other thought okay yeah is what about cousin dash okay but then that's gonna force marion to get married exactly exactly 
cousin dash she's now forced to marry cousin dash to save the family and instead of what we thought maybe would have been a runaway bride situation uh which who knows maybe coming up in the next episode uh it's it's a finale well there was a walk there was a walk there was a oh there was a walk hand in hand there was a walk yeah 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 yeah. Uh, so you know there's that situation so maybe she has to marry cousin dash to keep the van ryan family in the money and then next season there's just this torrid affair with Larry and Marion behind I'm Dash's for it. back. You know I'm for it. <laughs> or for anything that. That, that, that puts Cousin Dash out in the cold. Uh, so I don't know. I, I think maybe like the, the path I'm looking at is that Marion now feels pressured to stay with Dash to to keep up appearances that you know the Van Rides are still in, in high society. And now Cousin Dash is going to be financing the Van Rhyne, uh estate. That's yeah, my thought. I think that that's pretty pretty spot on, and I think it's pretty realistic to the time period. What I do like about this this um, storyline is it does highlight how women are like pushing up against a line of getting more agency, but there's still a very strong pull for like Marion yeah. to have to make a decision like that, and I think she will have to. Yeah. That makes yeah. sense. But then she's also going to be like the money person. And then so she'll be in charge of Agnes. And how will that go? That <laughs> I don't think Agnes is going to have any of that. I don't think Agnes. <laughs> gonna, I, I think even though Agnes won't be in charge of the money anymore, she'll. I, th- I think and maybe by the end of next season, Agnes finds some type of way to get back in the money herself. I don't know. Um, but I think I, what's not going to happen, I don't think, is that the, the Van Ryans are going to be out on their butts. They won't be, be out to find another place to go. Do you think they're going to have to ask the Russells for help? That was my other thought. What if what what if Marion's like, okay, listen, I don't I don't want to be with Dash, but we got Larry here. Larry is from money. I mean, yes, that's know, also an option. We can get some of that Russell money. Agnes would be like, oh hell no. <laughs> like I think I think Agnes would live out on the street before she took money from Bertha Russell. That's what, that's what I think. Um, but that's another theory. We're like, listen, you know, Russell's got money. How about that on Agnes? Like, you want to stay in this house and you're gonna support me and Larry getting married. How about that? So it, I mean, it could go a number of ways, you know. Yeah, it, it, it could do a lot. We'll find out. It's an interesting, it's an interesting situation. We'll see how it goes. Uh, well, speaking of the Russells, let's talk through our good friends, George and Bertha. So George, it's just like p- straight up capitalism at its finest. But I do think that this is like highlighting a turning point because you could see all of his like railroad buddy friends are like, why did you do this? And he's like, I did this strategically because I'm trying to pit people against each other. And that puts me back in a power situation later on and everyone else was just like i wouldn't have even engaged i wouldn't even given them anything that kind of stuff so this is this is what i picked up from that is like this is kind of when it's like an i don't want to like an evil turn in the capitalism storyline in my opinion (laughs) you know i still think i still think george is put up a front in a way because Maybe he came up with this idea later, but oh, I'm sure mo- in the I'm moment, sure. George's heart won out. He didn't yeah. want to see those people get gunned down. And then he comes up with this like, oh, we'll, we'll just do this. Like, well, I'm still evil, guys. I'm still one of you. I'm still greedy. I'm still money hungry. Like, I don't have a heart. What are you talking about? I'm not a good guy. I do this for my pocketbook. Like, George, George, we saw you. 
We yeah. saw you not want to get gunned down, George. We know you got a little heart in there, George. Now, I, I do think he is going to go ahead with this plan to he will to split his... the heck out of it. Yeah. So he's kind of gotten his cake and eaten it too in, in a way here. But again, it's another instance of why George is is George, right? Why George is him, right? In the in the in this industry, in this way, because he has foresight to see ahead of the times rather you know you know compared to his uh you know white rich friend buddies who can't see the strategy that george is doing he, they're just like no we, we'd gun them all down and clay's like yeah we would like shut up clay. be quiet <laughs> well um, i love that moment too when he was like clay did you learn something yeah like you thought i was weak huh you thought yeah. we lost mm. like, oh, oh i'm sorry sir i'm i'm sorry i should i should have seen that you were you were uh you know you, you didn't you didn't have a heart you just wanted what's best for you like right sure clay because can we still kill one of them can we kill a couple i just wanted some bloodshed sir George's like no stop it clay, clay settle down settle yeah. down yeah yeah i do think you know there is a heart under there because we also see how he and bertha love each other like he, the man is capable of love that yeah, is I mean, for he, sure and he I think, has humanity because i mean yeah. even even in the uh the storyline later with uh larry and all that he's he knows what larry's gonna do he knows right. that larry's going to expose um what emily roebling did and he's he he lets larry take the take the lead take the floor so we know that somewhere down down deep in there he does have this heart but he also is very, very smart and will take advantage yeah. of whatever situation he can totally. to move himself yes. forward. And that's where I mean, he, he's got a heart, but he ain't no dummy, Marissa. Okay. <laughs> you gotta have, you gotta do both to be, to be where George is at. Well, and I think that's, what's so interesting. Like when you, when I think about capitalism is like, it is a system made of people and people are good. However, they make choices like this that can divide and exploit. And yes how do how do we and even like henderson knew it he's like i i see what you're doing but the only reason i agreed to sign the deal is because you didn't kill me right so like george is able to use all all parts of him to get this done and his heart part got henderson and his people to agree to the deal and i mean now listen we there aren't a lot of george running around back then and even now there isn't a lot of george running around that will uh sacrifice part of of what they of what they know is right for the for his pocketbook to to do this stuff i mean the head of walmart and target you know are still going to fight to keep their their people criminally underpaid right so like that's they're they're not there aren't a lot of georges back then or even now so well Well, and um he was like having a safe workplace is good for all like his buddy's like no get out of here like that's nonsense we have to spend money to do that george these ridiculous safety measures a park for children like i think we know that george is going to be successful in the end but do you think that this will spill into like a next season i don't think we're going to see much of it in the next episode just given the fact that we know that's going to be opera war territory but um he said like like uh jay gould said to him before he left like we are now against you and so he might have to like be fighting harder for certain privileges within the railroad society yeah i mean this might lead into a little something in next season but i don't see this being a huge storyline anymore i I feel like we 
pretty much wrap this up. Like, I don't think we're going to in, in season three get a, you know, it's been six months and the, the unions are back at it again. No, I think this is kind of like over. I think this. Well, we know done. how he's going to handle unions, basically. Yes. Yeah. And we'll, we'll, we'll maybe see in season three where he has to come up against one of his, uh, you know, uh, industry friends and because this happened in season two they will hold a grudge against him don't have to find he have to work his way around that yeah yeah well that is what was going on with george bertha on the other hand i mean i just have to say she almost she almost gave in to mrs astor when mm-hmm. mrs astor was like looky here i got the, a this, box for you this was mrs astor's like break a case of emergency plan this was like her last resort like i'm going to lose this war let me go ahead and just concede in a way and give her what she wants. And it, it, it didn't work. It did not work. Well, and the, one of the reasons it didn't work is because we got this great, wonderful scene. I loved the scene between Bertha and George. It was so good. Like she comes in, she kisses him. It's like, you could have died. She I straddles this man. Yes. She straddles him. I was like, oh, okay. And we don't all, we, we get a few of these scenes per season, right? Where it's, it's George and Bertha ultra, you know, done down. Like this is the yeah. this, is, this is them at nighttime when all the all the pins and all the dresses are off and it's their nightwear, which is still no like bustle free. no bustles, no bustle busting. Um, there's still like it, it's still like this formal wear, but it's sleep formal wear, right? Like yeah. she's she's taking her bra off, she's letting them hang, she's letting them hang loose. She's got her hair down, and it's just she's she's uh she's done for the night. And just to see them like in that in that capacity of the way their relationship is is so great. Like this, that's why they are a couple of goals here. Yeah, she's like, "Hey, George, uh, we got a box at the academy." And I was like, "Why would you be interested in that? That's like not what you wanted to do." And I loved when she's like, "Thank you." Um, he, well, he says back to her, "Like, it's your plan." I'm just mm-hmm. repeating it to you. And I was like, oh yeah. my God, George. So, just the support so they show each other at all times yeah. is just magnificent. And you know, you know, under like in George's mind, he's like, you know how much money I done spent to get to, to get this Met thing like, up oh, and running? For sure. For sure. I don't think so. But it, but ultimately it was about supporting his wife and what she wanted to do. When when a lot of people in that time in that place would 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 have barely even listened to what their wives right. were talking about with the opera stuff. But right. he's he he's he holds her he holds her up in support and says, listen, this is what you want to go after it. Like don't don't give up now. So it was it was such a great scene. They truly see each other as equals and it's refreshing to see on television because even modern day storylines between couples, like very rarely do you get an equally set uh couple. Usually there's a power dynamic involved in one way or another. So it's very nice. Uh, what do we think of Mrs. Astor's moves here? So the box offer falls through, but then she brings the Duke to the Brooklyn Bridge opening. Yo, this Duke, what, what is this Duke's thing? What is this Duke's issue? Bought, man. Is he, he even can... a real Duke? Yeah, that's what, I'm, that's what I'm wondering. First of all, he looks slubby. I, I, I need to check this man's credentials. Are you really a Duke? Are you scamming? Are you part of the Aurora Fane uh, scammers oh, club? <laughs> like, what are you doing? Because he could be bought super easily. He just goes where the wind blows. Anyone asks him to come over, he's like, yeah, sure. What you what you got? You got any good food over there? I can come over and uh, just do whatever. Like, And he did. I, I was surprised that there was no interplay between Bertha and the Duke at all. Um, right? You know, there was no, like, like what the not is. even a look, a glance. Yeah. Uh, like, what are you doing here? 
Uh, like he was just flirting with me at the little dinner two episodes ago, Mister Duke. What what happened to that? Well, yeah, you know yeah. what about what about our what about our thing? Now you now you sniffed up Mrs. Astor's bustle, okay? Well, and you told me you were going to arrive the opening the day of the opera opening, and now you're here multiple days early, which leads me to think, Jason, mm-hmm. I think Turnerton was involved in getting the Duke Ooh, together shit. with Mrs. Astor because to get her box back or whatever like she could use she's like hey don't tell anybody i was a lady's maid i can get you the duke of buckingham because we're friends with him and but, you but can show up bertha because the duke ain't but the duke i don't wasn't know rocking with the turn 10. yeah i know i know um, i don't know i just like do we think she was involved in any way and if she was that's how that's how i see it playing out but do you see it differently i mean mrs turnton was conspicuously absent from this episode uh totally right? so I don't know. I don't know. I'm just. I'm. I'm still looking at that. I'm still looking for that. Um, that hair person that was interviewing with. Oh yeah, the, where did with, she go? Like, what happened to that? Is that going to rear ugly head in the in the finale? Probably. Um, I'm still going to Mrs. Turnton to be behind that, but I don't think she had anything to do with the Duke. I think Mrs. Astor pulled her own strings for that. Probably, she has enough clout to do that. Yeah. What do we think Bertha's play is now, though? Okay, so the scene is that. Yeah. We got both operas opening on the same day. We've got the Duke apparently coming to the Met. Uh, I think Bertha has retained her center box. Uh, Mrs. Astor the, has proved at the Met. At the Academy, you mean? Oh, no, because Mrs. Astor got... George got uh, Bertha's box Bertha, back from right, the turn. Right, right, yes. right, right. And then over at the Academy, the Astors are like... I have I don't know what they're doing at the academy per se, but they're running a lot of defense, like trying yeah. to keep the Met, I wish trying to close down the Met, basically. I really wish we could get a a counter, right? Of like when we're talking about the <laughs> opera war, like how many boxes are filled on, in the academy, how many are filled in the Met? Just a number on the screen, like as we have Bertha and Mrs. Astor in the same <laughs> spot, like like fifty three boxes full, fifty three of sixty full at the Met. Yeah. 25 of 64 at the academy because last i think last we heard uh mrs astor might be losing the war right um and that that's what it feels like now because mrs astor is pulling out all the stops by offering bertha a box what i'm curious what what mrs astor thinks is going to happen if bertha accepts this box she's gonna be like all right f the met tear it all down right? like like the met's already been built like it's already happening well I and that like, too far gone gives that i mean Bertha steps down, someone else will step up. Yeah, you know what exactly. I mean? Like it's it's not gonna stop the progress. I mean, as far as I can see, Mrs. Astor's biggest faux pas in this opera war is turning away the Tenertons because that is what took a lot of her people away and brought over to the Met. And unless Mrs. Astor has changed her mind on that and welcomed the Tenertons back in, does she think that Bertha, if she comes across, will bring a, a lot of her Met people? back over with her like what i'm not yeah. I'm, I'm confused what mrs astor is, is working for here and which is where i think a lot of the the opera war has kind of fallen flat a little bit for me because they want to make it this big thing but they're not really explaining it the way that i would like it to be yeah explained not flowing that's, great you know what i mean it's a good point especially because like the met is also like twice the size uh-huh. of the academy so like if they both fill up the met wins anyway because there's more yeah. people there so like what are the stakes here actually like what is what are we playing for i just yeah. 
there's going to be an opera. There are, are operas shown in the same cities all of the time. Not all, a lot of cities, but someplace like New York, I'm sure, has or like movies are playing the same time. Same day, same times, mm-hmm. all the time. So people will make those choices. But it can't always be uh Barbenheimer, right? Where yeah. it's, it's two movies that are kind of uh disparate away from each other where everyone can go to the movies and enjoy a good time. Like, you know, it, it's it's not two movies that are this in the same genre as as Barbie Barbenheimer was. Uh, so I don't know. I still have this vision in my in my mind of Bertha and the whole Russell family sitting in the opera mm-hmm. and it's almost mm-hmm. totally empty as this opera person on stage singing and they're just and mrs <gasps> russell is just seething with anger because she's lost the opera war and we st- we talked about last episode Ooh. the turnerton uh grenade that is yet to go off right i think mrs mrs uh, astor will deploy that in the finale and i think bertha will be on the war path against against yeah. all of society <laughs> next season if that if that comes to, if it comes to pass yeah, that would be interesting. I I would like to. I I don't want to see Bertha lose, but I also would love to see Bertha get but, revenge. <laughs> but we love when Bertha is the shady underdog, right? Yeah, That's where exactly. Bertha That's where we root for her. So I think I think to keep that, she has to lose the op- at the Opera War yeah. because if she wins the Opera War, where else is there to go for Mrs. Russell? Right? Like she has to have some goal. She has to have some enemy to fight against and i feel like if she yes. wins the opera war, she'll feel she'll she'll feel fulfilled and not have anyone look down upon anymore or or to or to root against yes yeah i think you're right uh well we haven't talked about peggy really much this oh, episode peggy. uh peggy messy, messy was <laughs> continuing her work at the colored schools of new york with sarah gardner uh the whole scott family actually came to this meeting i was very surprised to see i forgot i think it's his name is gerald but i have been calling him papa scott uh seeing papa scott there because he was he was there and he was vocal and you know supporting his wife and you know (laughs) and uh, not any of it which is great and dorothy who i I think is is yes yeah he's like oh that's a nice surprise you want to support me okay so that tells you more like things are not going great in the in the scott household and and papa scott is trying to get back yeah he's trying to get back in the good graces of of uh, of dorothy's guy here yeah so uh we know that the Board of Education is looking at closing down these schools. And so one of the solutions that was brought up was integrating the schools. This is, again, 1883. So uh, if you know your history, schools weren't officially integrated until the 60s, late 50s. But, um, you know, it's it's a long ways away. So this is quite a quote unquote radical idea, but one that will hopefully save funding for these schools and allow them to continue and serve the communities in which they're in. So this idea was actually brought up or supported by Papa Scott because he was like, I had to do this when I opened my pharmacy. I had to make friends and colleagues and network with white pharmacists to be able to be taken seriously. And I think it highlights uh, white the privilege that white people have to be able to be successful and the fact that black schools needed to have white students and white teachers to be successful uh, also highlights that. So at this meeting, we have Mr. Fortune. Okay. What is this man doing? He is just in every scene, just like looking at Peggy, giving her the eyes, 
so good. doing all this stuff like every yeah. time he's like yeah every i'm time. here i'm here but i'm here for her like mm. it that's got to come to a pass like next sir week, next what are you doing you are married right <laughs> cut it right? out uh and you know we get that we get that scene later in in the globe offices right where again i called it we get the we get the innocuous hand touch and it's like oh remember that moment we had like just touch it just touching your hand really brought me back to that moment becky like y'all, stop it! Like, don't make me get the hose on y'all. Oh, watch it. Yeah, that's that's like a that's like a reference. <laughs> um, don't make me break y'all up. Yeah, leave, yeah. Leave, leave room for Jesus, <laughs> as, as he used to say. Yeah, I mean, like, it was that. It was the uh, like they took a they had whiskey. They didn't take a shot, but they had whiskey, and the like mm-hmm. the vibes were there the whole time. So things are heating up with the two of them you just you can just hear the, you can just hear the undercurrent underneath all the scenes yes. let's get it on <laughs> and peggy is like i cannot be here everyone's hot and bothered right in the, in, in yes. the scenes everyone yeah. is peggy's hot and bothered mr fortune's hot and bothered you can just tell like it's simmering it's just ready to pop out i'm i'm still waiting for the meeting I'm still waiting for Mrs. Fortune to come in. Like, where is Mrs. Fortune? Right. Uh, I'm still waiting for her to be at the Globe offices when Peggy comes in and she, Peggy is reminded visually that this man is married. <laughs> Just waiting for those moments. And it's awkward between all of them. I think that's, or I think we're getting that in the finale. That's, that's, that's what I would guess. Yeah. I, I would, I would, uh, I actually hope to see that because, you know, I need to see Mrs. Fortune. She needs mm-hmm. to have a voice in this yes. story. Uh, when it comes to the schools, they bring Marion in to talk about um, getting white teachers in. And this also brings in uh, the Irish. The Irish have been brought up by not only um, in this conversation, but also by George in the union conversation. So I have a feeling like the immigrant story hopefully will be coming in in season three alongside all of the other stories that we have. I think it's it's a good time to do that, but it also is highlighting, um, you know, the a mar- like the differences between each marginalized group at this time. Yeah, that, it's so interesting that that these two, uh, the two groups can come together for for this greater good. Where it's so weird that they're they're looked down upon because they're Irish, but also like, but you're still white though. Like, so you you got it like a little better than us, not by much, right? But you, you still have some. Uh, legitimacy to you by joining our ranks. Not a lot, because you're still looked down upon. You still can't really get a... You still have to settle for the black schools because you can't get a job with you know, the, the normal like, right. the, the normal white folks guess, for lack of a better word. Um, so it, it's an interesting dynamic that uh, that these two groups have been kind of forced to be in in a way. Um, so I think that's going to be really interesting to see, to see play out. Um, either in the finale or maybe, like you said, next season. Yeah. Yeah, because they're being brought into more and more conversations. So I always love a good immigrant story. So it'll be interesting to see how that gets portrayed. Okay. Uh, There's more about Peggy, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Let's talk about the shortest marriage ever. What do we think about how the story ended for Ada and Luke Forte? You know, it leaves me a little unfulfilled, right? It leaves me a little unsatisfied in a way because i feel like in season three 
will we ever even remember this happened? Will this will this right? will this be a momentary blip for Ada? Will Ada's go kind of go back to being who Ada was before? Um, you know, without just just mentions here and there of her being married, it just feels like we're going to leave her back in the same place she was at the beginning at the beginning of this season. Mm. Um, so I, I really wish we could have made this longer. We could have had Luke Luke Forte stick around for a while. Uh, it just felt if it, it feels like the story after it's all said and done, isn't really going to make that much of an impact. Yeah. Unless she decides not to go back and live at Ada's and to continue and be in the church. That would be interesting. Uh, That's the only way I could She might be like, I need to live out Luke's legacy and continue his work at the church and, you know, be involved in some way. I don't know what the non-Catholic equivalent of a nun is, but Ada would be a good, a good fit. But I do wonder if, like, since since Luke was a rector, I don't know how I don't know how it works in those systems. Um, was that you know that that house that Luke was in is that Luke's house or is that the right. church's house? I think like, it's the church's house. And does it go but... to the new rector after Luke passes? Yeah, is that how that works? I'm not sure. I don't like I said. I don't know a lot about those systems and how that works um so i don't know it, that would be interesting if, if this gives ada a newfound independence away from agnes and what that what that's going to do for their relationship in another season so yeah in that way i could see it uh ha- making a difference in the overall show i just don't want us to go back to status quo for Ada okay. after this i just i i want this to have some sort of impact on her character um but I, you know i fear that it won't i i, I wish it would but I, I can see in my mind where season three, we're just back in the status quo where Ada's back with Agnes and they're chit-chatting in the drawing room. Yeah. So I don't know. Uh, you know, like I said, I, I have my hopes, but I'm not going to hold my breath, up, the breath. For it, you know what I mean? Well, she does forever have a different last name. So, and she's the missus. So that is a status thing that she didn't have before. So we'll see how that yeah. impacts her life. Uh, but I just, it happens so quick. Like I so knew it was going to happen, but like so quick. He so was just quick. dancing around last episode, and now he's dead. <laughs> Jeez, we'll <sighs> talk about. That's why. That's why you don't get your illnesses checked out. They'll go. They'll go away eventually. If you don't, if you don't cause any notice to them, they'll go away. But once you get a diagnosis, it's over for you. <laughs> that's basically what the show was saying. Yeah, yeah like that's what you were, yeah, you were told yeah. you have cancer, and now you're dead. That's it. It's over. Uh, listen, I'm joking, people. I'm, I, I <laughs> Wait, this is not medical advice. This is not medical. Do not take my <laughs> advice for for for, for, for sure. I, I am joking. I am joking. But uh, what did one more thing on this? What did you think of Agnes's conversation with Luke? Because there was a moment where Ada was like, "I have to go back in the room," and Agnes is like, "No, go sleep. I'll sit with." I can sit with Luke and I thought it was a, a sweet conversation about their love and care for Ada and how it might manifest in different ways. And they have different styles of doing it. But mm-hmm. Luke asks Agnes like, Hey, will you take care of Ada after I'm gone? Like he's, well, I was like, uh, duh, I mean, but I'm waiting for you to die. So I go back to take care of her. How about that? Yeah, she probably has. You didn't have what cancer. Did I poisoned you. Oh boy. What did you think of that between the two of them? I thought it was sweet. I, and weirdly, um, Mr. Forte has been the only person Agnes has really been this vulnerable with right? that we've seen, right? Because she had we had that scene between them right before when, you know, after Luke asked Ada to marry him where she's like, 
do not do this. You're going to leave me all alone. I don't know what I'm gonna be able to do when I'm all alone. And like we've never seen Agnes be that vulnerable with anyone. And right. then we see her again be vulnerable with him in this moment where she's like, you know, you gave her happiness, you gave her all these things, yeah. and she's really giving Luke, you know, his, his flowers <laughs> right before he kicks it uh, in, in a way, right? So. Uh, you know, I, I love the conversation. I love when Agnes can, you know, can get real and reveal her true heart in the, in these ways. Usually it's by actions, you know, like uh, letting Peggy work for her, which in that time was was an action of her heart, uh, giving John Jack the money for his patent, things like that. But it's it's these it's these moments where she uses her words to express herself, express her feelings that are so great for this character because we don't see that very often from her. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Well, We've waited long enough. We should probably talk about the Brooklyn Bridge, uh, bridge. and how this goes. You know, so, when we when we left Larry and that bridge conversation, I did not think we were going to come back to the bridge at all. I didn't either. So I, I was didn't surprised either. that we came back to it at, at, in this episode, especially since we have so many other things going on. And I'm like, oh, we're we're talking about the bridge again. I thought we were done with this. I thought we had highlighted Emily Roebling. We're like, oh, that was a nice little story about Emily Roebling. And yeah, like, oh, yeah. We're all the way back around to this uh, big momentous occasion. Well, and I like how they like used it in a way to show Larry's trying to make his own statement. Like Larry mm. calls in the trustee at the beginning of the episode and is like, yo, uh, what are we going to do here? With he this? literally said that. Yo. <laughs> yo. <laughs> yo, we got to make sure that Emily's recognized at this party. And he's like, nope. And he's like, okay, well, that's disappointing. So that at that point, we know Larry's going to do something because he has brought this up. A number of times. Uh, question question about Larry real quick. Are oh, yeah. we a little are we a little disappointed that he's gotten so over Mrs. Blaine so fast? Not really, because he was like all by Marion. Yeah, but I mean he, he thought Miss Blaine was like love his life for a second. That's true. And then it That's gets fair. broken up, but we don't hear anything else about Miss Blaine ever again. I am more kind of upset of the fact that he hasn't brought up architecture oh. in a while. Like the fact that he's been doing all this stuff for his dad, like I, I have like a worry. And yes, this is like architecture adjacent and things like that. But I'm like, oh no, is he going to become a railroad person next? Well, I would up- love, I would love for there to be like in season three when we open up season three and time has passed. I love for there to be like a Roebling and Russell, you know? Yeah, that would, oh, that would be fun. And, yeah, and yeah. Larry and Emily team up to to, to start architecture firm. That would be fun. That'd be that awesome. would be. But, fun. I mean, I don't know if they would. Uh, fudge with history <laughs> that much because Emily Roebling, as we discussed, was a real person. So yeah. 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 Well, I mean, there have been series that have done that, but I don't know if this one will take that, take that route. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we know there's this party at the Roeblings. We know Larry is going to say something. I just have to say, I loved his toast to Emily, but most especially because he was like, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> Larry, what are you doing? <laughs> like, what are you doing to these ladies? And he's like, ladies. ladies. <laughs> I just, um, he, you know, make sure that Emily gets get the gets the recognition that she could. But I also loved um, Emily's reaction to that. Of like, she was really proud and she was, you know, really grateful in the moment. But then also really realistic that like no one's gonna print this. Like Larry was very like, oh, now they're gonna have to like tell your story and do all this oh. stuff. He's so so naive, Larry, such a young you kid. S- you sweet naive idiot. <laughs> yeah. 
I love like, and it seemed like he'd almost like cleared this with Emily. Uh, like before he did this, I feel like she knew this was happening. Yeah, um, I think when also, they met in that room, like in the back, yeah. like he's like, I'm gonna make sure people know who you are. Probably, but you know, it just says as Larry is spilling the beans, like, hey, just so y'all know, this was this here was designed by a woman. And you could just hear like the oh my god, I was surprised there wasn't more. Like, oh my god, not a woman. And like, like someone, someone throws their glass down. Yeah, like throws himself out a window, like, no, <laughs> stop the Brooklyn Bridge, burn it down. It was designed by a woman, not a woman. Oh no. The bridge oh, is gonna have uh, emotional reactions to things, it's not gonna work. <laughs> the bridge is still standing. That's all I gotta yeah, it's say. It's still there, y'all. Like, it's it's, it's prophesied, okay. Um, but I was just surprised. We got a lot, we got so much build up to that moment, and for it to kind of it, it, the reaction to it was let down, right? Because I think I was made to believe that this is going to be such a scandal after this was revealed. Everybody mm. just kind of like, oh my gosh, and they're just like, oh yeah, that's cool though. We're just gonna, we'll still toast to it. I was like, okay, I feel like you built this up, and there wasn't much of a reaction to it. Well, I think Larry chose his words very well that like if you weren't paying attention, you might not have like (laughs) like, flew over people's heads. (laughs) Yes. Like I mean he was clear, but he also was like Emily contributed to you know, like he didn't center her, he kind of just Mm -hmm. like highlighted her. So I don't know. I don't know how these people communicated during that time. It was but, just so much build up for yeah, it to be not that was. big of a reaction. I, I was waiting for, for some other some other thing to take place, but it, it was just kind of status quo after that. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Not a lot of payoff to that. But I'm glad we did, you know, if we were gonna come back to this, I'm glad Emily was mentioned yeah. and highlighted. Yeah, she got her and I liked in how, a little party. <laughs> yeah, I liked how the show handled it overall. Mm-hmm. It was good. Yeah. Also at this party was President Arthur. Uh here's your little history facts about president right. arthur there wasn't a All lot right. there wasn't everybody, a lot everybody this is uh miss garza's history class history minute class everybody president calm down arthur. yeah jonathan okay. i see you with that cell phone okay. put it down put it down miss garza speaking okay everybody thank you mr reed yeah i appreciate I got you, Ms. Garza. i'll make sure they're all paying attention all right. You want me to turn the lights off? You want to put on a projector or something? <laughs> yeah, let me get good? the film strip. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, okay. All right, go ahead. We're, I think they're all listening. Y'all listening, right? Okay. I'm well, President them. Arthur was a New Yorker. He, so, you know, he was in town anyway, but he was our 20th president and a Republican from 18, he served from 1881 to 1885. I did just want to mention that, like, the Republican Party of the 18. 18- 80s is not very the <laughs> Republican yeah. Party of now. Um, but this time period is like part of the time and when it started to change because we had industrial money coming into the North. And like basically after the Civil War, Republicans were like supporting the rights of formerly enslaved people and making sure that the policy reflected that. But then there came a point where they were getting earning so much money that they were like, oh, haven't we done enough? Why don't we start worrying about us and our money now? We're good, right? Yeah. <laughs> we did a lot. We did a lot. We can worry about us now, right? We're good. We passed like three amendments. You know, it's fine. 
and everything's equal. Everyone's happy. It's so great. Uh, but also we're learn- earning all this money. So we got to focus our, focus our attention on making sure no one else gets our money and it's never redistributed in any way, shape or form. So you're, this you're is- good at black people, right? We did enough by you, right? You're good. Uh, yeah. You're I'm sure. Right. That, I'm sure people in 2023, like don't even. Yeah. 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 We're good. Yeah. <laughs> uh. So this is like the world in which he's living in is like, I think this tide is starting to turn within the the political ideologies of the country. Uh, president Arthur was also vice president to Garfield. Garfield was assassinated. So he had to step up. Uh, and by most accounts, he was, you know, pretty great. Okay. Average president. I did want to highlight this little synopsis from Wikipedia. <laughs> Said, evaluations by modern historians generally rank Arthur as a as a mediocre or average president. Arthur has also been described as one of the least memorable presidents. Now listen, Marissa, you know, sometimes sometimes being a, a least memorable yeah. president is a good thing. Okay. Especially, it's, yeah. In certain time periods, yes. um, we would kind of wish for that. Okay. I'm not saying wish time periods. But certain time periods, we would wish for a least memorable president that just did his job and just kind of was all right. Was just yeah. kind of okay. Yeah. I mean, like, he got his, the job done. He passed some laws, protected some rights, did some things. Yeah. We like quiet presidents. Yeah. We love them. Yeah. He also was... Um, he was a, he was widowed, so his sister served as, like, the hostess of the White House. Like, there was no first lady. She was just, like the party thrower because that's all that first ladies did at the time um so yeah i mean do some research if you want to know more about our good our good friend president arthur i doubt we will see him given the fact that he was a least memorable president i mean uh, he, didn't have a line. he didn't have a line in this, in this episode yeah. of the show he was just kind of there like yeah the duke had more time than this guy yeah, so that's how much they disrespected president arthur in this episode it was like yeah i mean wikipedia says he's average least memorable we're yeah. not even give many lines this episode at all it's like <laughs> it's there all right cool so yeah that's about it but mrs uh Ag- or mrs astor made a big deal to say like i've you know entertained a president before and i'm helping the rolings all this stuff so we might not see arthur again but we might see another president maybe not i don't know if we're gonna get past 1885 um in our future but anyway okay so there's this big party at the roblings house we get larry's toast emily's reaction but then we also have all these other celebrations uh around town i did want to highlight peggy's celebration first of all peggy peggy got a fancy dress and she went to this rooftop party she had the the glow up for sure she she had the glow up going it was definitely also like a modern dress like there were butterflies she showed, on it she showed us a skin i was like yeah. oh, okay peggy all right peggy, you and, try you, you try to lure miss a fortune over okay i see you peggy i'll see mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. she it was fun to see her talking with her friends at this rooftop party too kind of like i can be in town more because of the bridge and it'll be good and but then also um dorothy dorothy and momming it up like so hard in mm-hmm. in the scene by trying to set her up with a teacher and then also saying hey uh i noticed that no one else was mentioned uh on that article you wrote with mr fortune and there was nobody else there right peggy like i i raised you better than this do not get in trouble oh, oh boy <laughs> i mean really the guilt trip was guilt tripping yeah uh, um, like how did how did dorothy know that though like she's a she, mop 
she got that mom sense. She's like, yeah, I know you've been, I know you've been messing around. You better, you better tidy it up, girl. You better tidy it up. Don't, don't come embarrassing me and your father, okay? Well, and if anyone, I would like Audra McDonald. I would, she, yeah, just you like she's, you do not want to mess with you her. Not want to disappoint her at all. No. So it'll be interesting to see. I don't know if like to try and evade her feelings for Mr. Fortune, if she'll like go on a date with this teacher guy or anything like that. But Peggy's mom knows what's up. That's, that's what I took away from that. <laughs> Is the good age going to go, you know, just, 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 just fully embrace the TV of it all. Are we going to see like Peggy and her teacher friend go on a date? And oh, who's three tables <gasps> over is Mr. Fortune and his wife. Oh, maybe, maybe yeah. that would be interesting. Uh, uh, one other celebration that was happening was Chef Borden and uh, Miss Miss Bruce. Bruce, see that's also- how much the storyline doesn't matter. You don't remember her name. Like this, this happened in episode one of this season, seven episodes ago, and now we're bringing it back up to have a rooftop fireworks, you know, fun display. Like, what? What is the point of this? I going? and also like I didn't pick up on any vibes during this episode. Like, I mean, there's definitely like insinuation in dialogue, but I'm like not picking up any vibes between these two characters, like at all, outside of the very pointed, like, would you like to go to the to the roof and watch the fireworks? Like, they're not like so, there's no giving each other glances. Yeah, there's no Peggy Fortune chemistry. No. There's no Larian chemistry. This no. is more like Marion and Dash chemistry. You're just yeah. like, eh, I don't see it. I don't get it. Yeah. I'm just like, why? I understand we feel like we need to give every single character on this show something to do. And it just feels like we don't know what to have these two people do. We already used up the chef's big story by him not really being yep. friends. And so I guess we'll just put these two people together, I guess. So that's just what it feels like. It feels superfluous. It's like I why? know nothing about Mrs. Bruce. Nothing I know nothing all. about her. No. It's interesting. Well, I mean, not really, but you know, we'll see where it goes. <laughs> You're a hater. You you hate you hate Mrs. Bruce. No, I don't. I just am questioning why we needed to, you know, spend time there. Especially because I don't know anything about her, and it's the second season. You but probably anywho. like Miss Armstrong more than Mrs. Bruce, don't you? Uh, speaking of Miss Armstrong, what is going on with her? Like, all she does is complain. Yeah, right. Like, why is she around? Why do we need why, her? Why was she all of a sudden nice at the beginning of this episode? Like, is she her... was so nice. Everyone else is questioning it. Like, why are you being yeah. nice? Like, Miss Armstrong, did you did you get some last night? Saw Miss Armstrong. What's... What's going on with you? Like, you seem, your coffee this morning. You seem really happy. Yeah, I just I I am getting a little annoyed because I'm like, if you're not moving the plot along, you're just here to like complain about yeah. stuff. Why are you? Why are She's you just here? The next energy that that apparently every TV show needs. Like everyone I, else is so positive in the servants' quarters, we just need that negative presence to bring everyone down. I guess is there is there thinking because that's that's what it is. Like, I mean, I it know. was. It's one thing, like, if she did try to sabotage the clock for Jack John mm-hmm. yeah. or something like that. But she hasn't she hasn't stirred any trouble, really, which I'm glad she didn't do on Peggy's behalf. But, right. like, they kind of dropped the storyline, too. Yeah, like, do something. Just yes. Do something. It's like a little stick guy, like the, the, the meme with the guy on the stick, like, do something. He's poking, <laughs> poking something. Just do something instead of just being a turd all the time. Yeah. 
Well, speaking of the clock thing, what did you think of the clock thing? <laughs> it's fine. I mean, John, I Jack want, John Jack wants to be a TikTok influencer. That's cool. Um, he wants to get into the little TikTok society. It's all good. Um, it happened. It's it like, happened. Yeah. Right. That's we'll awesome. See. It's great that Bannister was able to pull some strings. Um, again, we still don't know what Bannister's deal is. I, I feel like they really, really want us to be invested in the service right on the ladies maids of blah 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 blah. but it just feels like too much like you're not doing you're not able to do enough with it so i wish you would just kind of cut it out that was like one big thing between this and downton abbey and downton abbey there was one household and so you could really have equal time between like the family and the downstairs of the household so like everyone who worked there and you could give them all stories now that we've got two families and two households I don't think they've quite figured out how to balance that. So like yeah. when it comes to the households, we basically just have like the Jack John of it all. Last last season we had Mrs. Bauer um having to steal candlesticks and paying fifty dollars back. Guests. Like and then we also had like on the Russells we have the Watson thing. Dude. But yeah, but it's just like to continue on that point, like just see it feels like they, they they're not they don't want to give enough time and enough story to it. So I just feel yeah. like they would, they would cut it, cut it down. Like maybe give us yes. one big servant story instead of just all these little small ones yes. that end up amounting to nothing. Speaking of amounting to nothing, let's pick up the Mr. Mr. Watson story. Yeah. Okay. So Mr. Watson is just working one day and then Flora, his daughter, Mrs. McNeil, like just comes walking in. Just waltzing on into the into the house like, hey, what's up, y'all? Hey, I got to talk to you. And then she's like, "Uh, I found your letters. I never wanted you to leave. And also, you can live here, and we'll get you an apartment, and you could be a retired banker and see my kids, and we'll be a family again, like out of nowhere, for nothing." Do we think this is okay? So here's the thing: Do we think it's real? Because she said, I'll write later with a plan. Like, I don't think she's told her husband. She's behind her husband's back. Yes. Ooh, that's, that yes. would be interesting. Um, I mean, but this can't be the end of, is this the end of Watson on well, the show? Like, it feels, it, it feels too neat. It, it yeah. feels too neatly tied up, right? Yeah, agreed. And also, I was watching this TikTok about all the Tony winners on the show, and he is a Tony winner, the guy, the guy who plays Watson. Yeah, he's very and familiar like, to me. I haven't looked him up, but he's been on some other shows and some other stuff I've watched. And it feels he feels me like he's being wasted here for sure. Yes. Yeah. And so yeah. Go ahead. I don't know. I just it's a little fishy. It's a little fishy. Yeah. And I mean, basically, she came in and was like, listen, I'm retiring you. You can leave this job. I'm <laughs> gonna take care of you. Like, I was probably Mr. Watson, like, say less, girl, say less. And starts like taking off his little apron, like, I'm out of <laughs> here, y'all. See ya. Like <laughs> <laughs> been nice knowing you i'm about to live in a lap of luxury in an apartment i'm out this bitch like y'all ain't ever gonna see me again like i was surprised he didn't take that route well he does seem a little sad about yeah, he's, he's like, like he's i enjoy his job really yeah i guess i'm gonna have to relinquish my job and i was like oh when, do you think uh, george is gonna would... give him any trouble i think george will be like bye yeah, I mean, I'm sure George was like, listen, you've been awesome. I, I mean, when when he was yeah. about to get retired to uh, San Francisco, he was like, oh, well, that sucks, but it was nice knowing you. So I don't think George was going to care. But would, would Mr. Watson, like, 
dare to even put in his mind to like give up his daughter for this job. Like, <laughs> you know, he's he's obviously a pivotal pivotal member of the servant, you know, crew because he was the one that saved the dinner. Yes. With Duke. Yes. Is he, would he be like, no, you know what? I want to get to know you, my daughter, but pff, this job is just too what? great. This job yeah. is too cushy. Like, what? No. And the first season, all the man did was stalk his daughter. Yeah. Like, he didn't really have any storyline. We finally give him a storyline, and then it's like one and done. Like, that's it. Yeah. Weird. Is, is it because, like, if Flora goes to her husband and is like, listen, we're going to have my father in the house we're going to give him this false life or whatever and her husband scoffs at that he's like no we can't we're not doing that I, I, you know just forget all this i'm divorcing you can we see a a moment in season three where like flora is now working at the russell's house alongside mr watson and they're both kinda, yeah so that would be interesting i, I think that would be it'd, be it'd be weird but i could i could see that being a thing That'd yeah be- i could see that being a thing and then uh her having to continue the family stalking and stalk her children uh, i'm sure that'll go great yes. weirdo anyway okay so <laughs> i wouldn't be i wouldn't be surprised if that happened <laughs> all right we got one more thing to talk about jason marion marion really does not want to get married but here, here's my problem with marion right she has not really told us why she doesn't want to get married to Dash. Like, I mean, no. I get it. I can see Dash. I see how much of a dud he is. But she hasn't really vocalized why she doesn't want to do this. Right. Yeah, we haven't gotten a reason. We only have gotten a lot of awkward body language. Mm-hmm. We haven't gotten, you know, a sense that other than seeing Marion with other men, right. a sense. You can see the energy shift. Yeah. yeah, you can see the energy shift when she's talking to Dash. And then, I mean, I think that's why they put this where they put it in the episode, where right after she talks to Dash, Larry comes strolling up so that we yeah. can visually see the shift in energy from when she's talking to Dash to when she talks to Larry. Because it's obvious. She lights up when she talks to Larry. And in and, and Dash's presence, she's kind of like, mm, yeah, she's kind of down a little bit. I mean, listen, her, her uncle... Her uncle, her uncle, she called him Uncle Luke. Uh-huh. Like, he been your uncle for five days. <laughs> you already called him Uncle Luke. Uh, like, you know, in the 1800s, I guess things moved very fast. I think that's just something we have to accept. Um, but just the shift in energy and the shift in body language was very evident. Yeah. And um, like Dash is like trying to be like super charming. He's like, well, I'll talk to you tomorrow. And she's like, it is tomorrow. And he's like, well, okay, I'll talk to you later. <laughs> oh, she's like, oh, Joy, you're going to talk to me later. Great. Can't wait. Great. So Before great. You- oh, hi, Larry. Oh, Larry's coming across. Let me oh. get my stuff. Hi, Larry. And he's I, so, I, I, like, with the handkerchief and the, have you been yeah. crying? And, oh, would you like to go for a walk? He's like, just laying it all out there it was a weird moment where larry like he's like hey good looking what's up girl he's like my uncle just died he's like oh <laughs> my bad it's like okay switching tactics didn't realize what i was walking into here <laughs> they do end up going for a walk i think there's going to be something happening between these two and by the end of the season there has to be there's gonna be some smooching in the season finale for sure whether it's on marion's wedding day as she gets ready to walk into the wedding venue or what it's gonna be well it seems like agnes already has the whole thing planned Mm -hmm. except for like luke can't marry them now so it'll be somebody else but like like like, agnes agnes is like and luke's gonna marry you luke's like 
yeah, sure. I'm going to be alive for that. Yeah, I know. 100%. Yeah. It Thanks for great. your kind thoughts. <sighs> uh, but listen, we have one episode left. One episode. What, what, what is all going to happen in this episode? I feel like the big moments have to be opera and Marion wedding. Yes, agreed. Because we've kind of, we've closed out the bridge the larry we've closed out the union like the union's yep. not gonna fire back up the, uh, we probably will get some movement on the colored schools of new york and the peggy mr fortune yeah, probably fold the peggy fortune stuff into that yeah thing there uh and then the question of like what is agnes going to do now i i you know i feel like we will not get an answer to that question because it's a very large question <laughs> but i'm sure we'll get some movement on like what her plan might be to yeah, i like your maintain theory society of, of ada deciding to live separately um you know to like find some independence i like i like that idea um so yeah it's we have a lot of questions we answer next episode and yeah it's gonna, it's gonna be a doozy of a finale I mean, but I also like your whole Marion has to marry Dash to like save the money thing. So mm -hmm. many things. And also the drama of the opera and more hats. Can we just also say the hats, especially in this episode, Bertha's hat at the fundraiser thing was, I think, three stories tall. Like it was so large. I'm looking. Can she out hat herself? This is my question. <laughs> oh, you know, we didn't really talk much about the standoff between Bertha and Aster right in that charity oh function. yeah that's true that that was so juicy where you know aster is like putting it to bertha like making like wanting to make to make her submit in that moment being like yep. oh in front of all their little high society friends like aster like flaunting her victory over bertha her seeming victory like oh by the way y'all i got bertha a box so no more met i guess and bertha's like oh hold on a second yeah hold up and then just embarrassing her right back like no i'm not conceding we still got this met thing going and this is actually getting so so fluttered just like oh i, I never i'm i'm out of here like oh, that was a, a very nice juicy standoff i love that I, I i can't wait till season three where i think agnes is going to be injected into this mix somehow yeah. and it's going to be like it's going to be like a shade off but like a three-way shade off between aster <laughs> agnes and bertha like it's got, it's got to be something that's going to happen there. Um, I do call the show the Real Housewives of New York in the 1800s. Yeah, like this yeah. does have to happen. 100%. So yeah, we shall see. Lots of drama ahead, I'm sure. Uh, to keep up with us again, you can follow us at postshowrecaps.com/slash/gildedage/slash/hbo or in the main feed. Join the conversation by joining our Patreon at patreon.com/slash/postshowrecaps. Not only do you get ad-free versions but you also get access to our discord so you can pop in your theories or like really just let us know more about the opera also also good um and if you're looking for the latest and greatest from poster recaps you can go to posterrecaps.com slash subscribe jason are you attending any operas or bridge openings um or podcasts in the future <laughs> podcast yes bridge openings and operas probably not i i've i just finished i uh, came back from an opera the other day and was, boy i've had my fill of opera no not really. <laughs> um as far as far as podcasts go you can find me on the a perfect match podcast where me and my co-host asia welch talk about the show married at first sight you think this show is messy 
that show is also very very messy we're having a very very fun time talking about the very 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 great mess over there uh, so come check me out over there on the uh, love at first sight feed or the reality tv wrap ups feed and uh see what we're talking about over there and on twitter you can find me at jayr1085 fantastic i'm just here talking with you about this show for now but if anything pops up you can find me on twitter at mars bars m-a-r-z d-a-r-s and until next time good day mr reed good day Ms. Gaza. Mm-hmm.